You are listening to the Sound the Foghorn podcast presented by Around the Foghorn, your home for San Francisco Giants baseball on the Fan Sided Network. You are listening to the Sound the Fog Hard podcast presented by Around the Foghorn, your home for San Francisco Giants baseball on the Fan Sided Network. All right, we are here finally. Sorry about the technical delays, technical difficulties, and whatnot. Stephen Ruderman is here, of course. How are you doing tonight, Stephen? Good, good, Daniel. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. All right, I'm going to, of course, let you take the lead on most of this for tonight. Uh, get used to this, folks. This is a show that we plan on doing a lot. Uh, we want to be able to talk with you talk to our listeners, talk to readers uh, all the way through and get as much of this conversation going. So I'll let Stephen take it away. Uh, first off, I mean, do you have any thoughts on the passing of big-time Giants fan and uh, long-time Francisco Mayor Ed Lee? On, on the passing, I was, uh, I was quite surprised to uh, hear of it. This just this came – this came as quite a shock. I didn't think he had any health issues, but of course, with, with sometimes with public figures, they keep that stuff in the dark, and, and rightfully so. You don't want the public to be too concerned if there's a minor health issue, and it, it's a shame that this happened. We will be missed. All right, so rumors. I'm sure I'm sure you got plenty of them. Uh, I'll, like I said, this is your show. This is your chance to take the lead, so you run with it. And you're good to go, man. All right. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. And, uh, well, uh, two days of the winter meetings are done. And, uh, well, everyone thought, okay, the Giants are going to sign Giancarlo Stanton. Okay, the Giants are going to sign Shohei Otani. And neither has happened. And now the Giants are caught up in the rumor mill. And the biggest rumor now is Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton, of course. I would have gone for Billy Hamilton if he was not tendered for, by the Reds, but since it would take someone from our already depleted farm system to get him, I'm not real crazy about making a trade. Actually, the, the person I would want to trade for is Ender Enciarte, who at 304 last year was a, uh, a career 295 hitter. That, that, that's the man I would truly really want to trade for. And if we can't trade for anybody, you know, I'm actually ready to go with Stephen Douglas. Played better towards the end of the Arizona Fall League, and uh, speaking of which, Christian Arroyo apparently had an injury. We didn't hear much about this. Hopefully it's not too severe, but uh, 
2016, Hamilton hit 260 last year, and yes, I get it still 2017, but I'm calling 2017 last year because it's not baseball season. Uh, he hit 247, a 248 career average, and I'm just I'm not crazy about the spoof, not to mention the Reds would uh, would ask a little more for someone like Hamilton than the Marlins would call a fan. I know that sounds weird, but they would ask for a lot more. And of course, there's the Marcelo Zuna sweepstakes. The Cardinals are are, are very caught up in that in that uh, in that rumor mill, and the Giants. <laughs> so again, it's going to be easier to work out a trade with the Marlins and the Cardinals. Marlins, Marlins and the Reds. I'm sorry. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But again, I'm just I'm not crazy about Billy Hamilton. And if we're going to get someone, my main target would be would be Ender and CR, seven years old. Again, 295 career average. I say go for it. And I'm not I'm not real crazy about signing a one-year guy. I'm really not. Again, I would give Stephen Duggar that shot to make an impact. I mean, Andrew McCutcheon, I don't think that's going to happen. J.D. Martinez, I mean, I know that's the big sexy target right now, but I don't see that happening. A lot too much money to spend. And you think about, we need to sign somebody or trade for somebody and have an outfield of, of Duggar and Fance slash Pence. And, and that's why I built NCRT. NCRT, Duggar, Pence slash Pence, Fance slash Pence, Arroyo, Crawford, Panic, maybe Chris Schott first. And I know, what about Brandon Bell? I don't know how, how Brandon Bell's going to be. I mean, keep in mind, this is a sports concussion, and after what happened to Mike Feeney, you have to take pure baby steps in, in handling Brandon Bell. And then the rotation, of course, is Bumgarner, Cueto, Samarja, and then the final two spots to be determined. We've got Stratton. Tyler Beatty's a long shot, type lock, and the bullpen is not looking as bad. Mark Melanson, of course, is on schedule, and Will Smith, who was not supposed to be back till May or June, could be ready to go opening day. If we could sign a couple of bullpen arms, I think we'll be good. And, and signing a bullpen arm bull- not to be, is not oh, going to be too big a deal. Who are some of the bullpen arms looking at? Bullpen arms looking at? I mean, I'd like to. I think it's more, most likely the Giants are going to go from the minor leagues. You think so? Give me some most names. Give people some names. Of course, we saw guys like Reyes Mortonia last year. I mean, Stephen Okert might give him a shot again. Maybe Josh Osage will give him a shot. How about Derek Law? I mean, Derek Law had a great 2016, but had true sophomore drinks in 2017. Juan Gregario. And keep in mind, Sam Dyson had a really good year. We'll have a full year of Sam Dyson. So if we can, if we can get some good arms in the bullpen – We'll have a decent rotation. I'm actually, I know people are going to think, Stephen, what are you talking about? Giants are going to be much better next year. And Okay, 98 losses is a pretty uh, easy easy record to top. But good teams have bad seasons. And I just don't think when you've had so many good years, and especially when you were 57 and 33 at the All-Star break one year, and then you're, you, know, you lose 98 the next, something has to be a bet. And I just don't think this is. So again, I would go. I would go after Ender and Ciarte. See what the Braves would take for Ciarte. In the infield, again, a Royal Crawford. 
And if the Jags can field a decent product and opening day and keep in mind with Stadium Flash Evans, everything's kind of a work in progress. And you're going to add on as the piece goes. And to be honest, if, if we can just finish over 510, I'd be happy. And that's what I expect to happen. I expect this team to finish over 500, but I'm not expecting to be Of course, my dream World Series matchup would be Giants and Yankees, but uh, at this point, that would be a clean four game sweep. And <laughs> don't expect the Giants to get nowhere near there. My joke after the John Carlos thing was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah. The reaction. Oh, the reaction to yeah, that. that. You know what? I'm not going to make too big a deal, John Carlos. Look, I get, I get that everyone's heartbroken, but in my experience, when the Giants have a superstar, it doesn't bode well for the clubhouse. So I'm not saying John Carlos Stanton's a bad clubhouse guy, but I kind of prefer it when everyone on the team is an equal. And I'm thinking, you know what? It's not the end of the world. Plus, to have Stanton and Judge in the same lineup. Man, that's great for baseball. So you know what? That's cool. But you have these people, Giants fans are just angry. They're upset. I understand it. You have a 98 loss season. You don't want to get denied a big deal like this. But, hey, Giancarlo Stanton was kind of dealt a rough situation. You have a Marlins ownership group that I'm not sure they know exactly what they're doing. So just lay off the man and maybe give the guy an ovation for like 100 pence Instagram photo when the Yankees uh, come into town and he at least showed us some respect. And Otani, I would have liked, I would have loved him too, but the Angels picked him up. So with Otani, I don't know how much longer he'll be able to pitch because a lot of the guys that come over from Japan, keep in mind, they throw a smaller ball on that side, on that part of the world. And when they're compared to throwing a larger ball, the same pitching mechanics, same training style, and a lot of them end up getting hurt. You Darvish, Tommy John surgery. I know Matthew Tanaka's had some arm issues. Have you question? So, have a quick question. Have you not, have you not seen the news yet about Otani that like literally just broke before we started the show? What news? He has a he has a UCL injury that was discovered in a um, in a physical. He has a strain or a sprain in his pitching arm UCL already. Hasn't pitched an inning in the Oh my before. god. Oh, my God. A guy named John Boy just said, Otani is so scared of the spotlight after his press conference that he ran into the bathroom before his UCL. (laughs) So, well, at least the guy can still hit. Ah, Put him in the outfield. Put him in the outfield. Though I was looking forward to the Giants being able to face him on 420. That would have been when the Giants would have been scheduled to face him, April 20th. You're right, Daniel. This just broke 20 minutes ago. So, you know what? No, I'm happy we didn't sign Otani. And this is, of course, according to Jeff Desson. Oh, I feel bad for the Angels. I do. Uh they seem to have every single pitcher just on the DL for an extended period of time at some point. Torn PCL. What was that? that was that freak injury that they had a few years ago? Dude, like, running to first base or something and, like, shattered his kneecap or, like, tore his tendon, like, clean, something ridiculous like that. Well, there was um, – no, it wasn't a pitcher, but it was a Kendrick Morales at a walk-off home run and then injured himself jumping on home plate. Yes. 
And then there was the Tim Hudson injury. That was pretty spot. Uh, that wasn't the Angels, but the one you were talking about kind of reminds me of the Tim Hudson injury. Yeah, it was kind of so, like the Tim Hudson injury. It was a it was a few years back though. It was they had one. I swear it was like 2014, 2013 or 2014. Exactly. They they had a solid solid pitching staff that was running rush up people, and he was one of them. I think it was Garrett Richards actually. And I if I, I don't want to be wrong. I'll check it up, but. I mean, they, they, they just have an awful history of pitcher injuries. Which is funny because that was part of the time. Yes, that, that was, it's funny though, that was part of the, part of the thing that this questionnaire was, what is your team's like health and all this stuff? And he chooses the Angels who have a long, long history of destroying their arms. Well, Mike, well, Mike Sosha, well, the only thing I have against Mike Sosha is how he, teaches his pitchers how to throw it, guys. Look at John Lackey. Yeah. So, yeah, Shane Otani won't get to learn how to throw a tight head. And this is no dig against Mike Sosha, but, I mean, where else did John Lackey get back and learn how to do this? And a lot, and we've seen a lot of Angels pitchers get tossed over the years for this kind of action. And then the, right now there's a nice gif. I always have this debate. Is it gif or gif? C-I-F. I don't I know. Tweeted it. We now go to Mike. I'm, I'm saying Jeff. I'm sorry. We now go to Mike Selsha for reaction to a tiny PCL injury. Now, do we know if he's going to need surgery on this thing? No. They said it's just a sprain at the moment. There, at the moment. If I can, I'm going to pull up the Jeff Passan article if I can find it. Jeff Passan, however the heck you want to say it. This but further he was damage receiving, to Lee surgery. He was it's, so it's a first degree sprain. The angels knew about it. Oh my gosh, something is really loud. Pop up. My gosh, dang, that is so annoying and loud. Um, UCL, so UCL damage and elbow, first degree sprain. He and in October apparently he had a PRP injection, which is a plasma injection, much like what um, pitcher like Masahiro Tanaka went through to to avoid Tommy John surgery. Uh, a lot of NBA players and stuff like that have done that with their knees and through ACL stuff like that have gone and done the plasma treatments. I know Andre Godala had done something in Germany. Somebody else had gone to Germany. Kobe Bryant went to Germany to get rehab done on his ACL or something like that. And it was like plasma, the PRP stuff basically that's supposed to help healing. And apparently he, that was administered. And this is, so this is I'm reading this on csports.com right now, and this is a rehash of Jeff Passon's article. I wanted to break it through Yahoo. It was basically with a first degree sprain is is the least severe of UCL injuries. Further damage related to Tommy John surgery, a reconstructive procedure that's just for years. Obviously, those who in baseball who know that is a shot of PRP, a biologic of centrifuge spun blood that is used to promote healing, was administered on October 20th, according to the report, which is distributed two teams after Otani entered the MLB posting system. So apparently every single team, the moment he went into posting system, knew about this. So that means teams still threw out all their offers. 27 out of 30 teams still threw out all their offers and everything, knowing that this was a thing. And then it's a small free body floats in Otani's elbow near his UCL, according to the reports, which is, I believe that's kind of Matt Cain-esque, if I'm not correct. He had, like, he had like things floating in his elbow. Is that part of Matt Cain's 
Yeah. So I wonder that might be another, that might be a thing in there too. Uh, so that is that is that is it. So it's a sprain. It's much like what this is the the CBS Sports article has it comparable to what Irvin Santana pitched through for multiple years and what Adam Wainwright pitched through for five years without uh, before he got elbow reconstruction surgery because he destroyed it. So at some point, it feels like he's going to have to deal with Tommy John surgery. And in, in Japan, I, they pitch every other days, which is so he hasn't had a whole lot of strain on it, which is interesting. But Oh, I think at some point the Angels are going to be like, dude, you're done pitching. You're just going to be a full-time header. I mean, I said that wherever he signed, he's going to, he's going to get one three years as a pitcher, and then he's just going to become a full-time header. Yeah, I, I, I'm i with you on that. Man, I really wanted him to pitch, though. <laughs> but I mean, that would have been cool, but it was throwback. Mm-hmm. And Babe Ruth was, was, a, was a good pitcher. I mean, look at his pitching stats. Babe Ruth was a damn good pitcher, but he was just too damn good a hitter. And you don't mm-hmm. you don't want a guy doing both. He had a career ERA of 2.28. Put in a 1.75 ERA, which led the league in 1916. Guy was a good pitcher. Yeah. But his but strikeout rate. a hitter, and you don't want to mess around. I always joke. I, I love looking at Babe Ruth's pitching stats. And his K rate was like 6 per 9 or something like that, which is miserable in today's game. That wouldn't get you anywhere, but... Baseball was a completely different game back then, so it doesn't matter. Of course, back then they were using the same ball throughout the game, and it got all muddy, and nobody could hit it out. Dead ball. Dead Except ball era. Him. And that's why Ty Cobb really thrived back then. But, yeah, Otani, mm-hmm. I wonder how Otani will do, will do as a hitter, because a lot of the, the Japanese hitters, I mean, it's, especially now that it's become so easy to hit Major League Baseball, tend to fare really well over here. That's Matsui, Ichiro. I think he's, you know what, I think Otani will have a good U.S. play. Maybe he'll turn out he won't pitch at all, but I think the Angels won't regret signing him. Yeah, I don't think they will either. It's just going to bring him in a fat ton of cash by the time he does get to big league. And even if he pitches for three or four years and it's like, okay, he can't pitch anymore, okay, I'm in the outfield. <laughs> like, he can hit. It's not like he can't. So I think that'll be uh, – That'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens if, by the time he does get to the big leagues, which I would assume could probably be soon at some point, but still. Steven Rizzotto's trying to call in. I'll try and patch him on, or you can try and patch him on. Who? Uh, Steven Rizzotto. Okay. Once Steven calls, I am waiting for him call then because I don't have a call from him yet but just got to call that number wait I just tweeted to him Stephen call in you got the number out for you so, so you know I was talking earlier about Brandon Belt do you think Belt will be ready to go uh, opening day because I look at Mike Matheny and what happened to Mike Matheny and that's what makes me concerned about Belt Plus, I already have other reservations about Bell being too streaked, and I wouldn't be against him for Shaw shot. Then, of course, first base. But also, and I, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep moaning about how it happens, and I know it'll never happen. But I, for one, want to Buster Posey stop catching for good. I mean, it's time to face facts. He's going to be 31 years old in March. 
And if he keeps catching, he's got, what, four years left on his contract, he's going to start wearing down in a couple of years, and I feel like he could get an extra two to three, even four really good years out of him. But it just it scares me, not to mention he's already a ball magnet and he wears the hockey-style mask, which is horrible for absorbing foul picks. I mean, if Buster Posey wants to catch, can he at least, at least wear the traditional style mask, which just kind of snaps back and then nothing happens, and then you just go on and play ball instead of the catcher's mask where you get hit, bam, your career's over. And you know, think about. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you, you go ahead. I was going to say, what do you think about this? Um, sorry, what do you think about the? Goodness, I'm going crazy. What do you think about the Carlos? There, did you see the rumor? Or there was one earlier. See if I can pull it up. This is from Jerry Krasnick. Uh, it says Carlos Gonzalez, so Cargo, former Rockies outfielder, is flying under the radar. A lot of teams are interested because he's likely to sign a short-term deal to reestablish his value. The Giants, Royals, A's, Rays, and Blue Jays are among the teams believed to be keeping an eye on him. What do you think of him for a four, not four-year, but a two-year contract? Eh, if he agrees to be a fourth outfielder, maybe. But, I mean, keep in mind, his numbers have always been filled by course field. He's been an injury machine. I'm not too crazy about it. So, I mean, not too crazy about it? The Giants would have made like 10 years ago. But uh, this isn't a long-term deal. This is just a one-year, one- or two-year deal, Matt. But I still wouldn't trust him as a starter. I would sign him a one-year deal as a fourth outfielder, though I don't know if he would want to be a player out I don't know if you. I don't think he. I don't think he wants. And that's the thing is where, if the Giants did that, I feel like they would be stuck with team like the Royals, team like the like the Blue Jays that's going to want like a quick flash in the pan. Maybe that's going to be the kind of guy like they're going to offer him a starting spot in their outfield. There's no way Jose Batista is playing in the outfield again in 2018. So you throw Carlos Gonzalez in there. There's another but decent power bat. It's a very t- Toronto's a pro hitting place. Obviously, I think that would sweeten. That would be a, an option for him to go take. But the Giants can sit play there and say, look, go ahead, say it again. Yeah, you can go play with Tulo in Toronto. And then Kansas City, I just, I don't think Kansas City is, they're losing too many guys, and I just think their best days are behind. So I don't understand well, they are. the need. I don't understand the need to sign a big guy like Gonzalez. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I still think I, I, to me, I think Cargo would be worth it for a for a one year deal. One year, just one year deal. See what he wants to do. It might work. Maybe platoon with Pence. Maybe platoon with Pence. Yeah, then that that would mean they'd have to get the get rid of Denard's fan at this point, which I don't know if they're going to be able to do that or not. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Both Span and Pence are up at the end of next year. Span, of course, has a terrible arm, too streaky of a hitter, two very subpar seasons with the Giants so far. I have I have no confidence in Span. Me either, but we'll see what happens. Steven, where are you at? Where are you to call in? Talking to me, Steven, or, or Steven Rosado here? Rosado. Steven, you there? I don't hear him. 
Well, I know he hasn't called it yet. I'm still waking on him. Oh. I still working on the number. Yeah. Yeah, but going back to original point, I just I do not want Billy Hamilton at all. Yeah, I, defensively he's incredible. And he, when he gets on base, he does pretty awesome things. But he only gets on base at a three hundred clip, which concerns me. Now, if if the Giants get him and Richu and or the new guy, there's I can't even remember the new hitting coach's name. Richu's the only one because uh, 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 Alonzo Powell. Yes, Alonzo Powell. Either of those guys, if he steps in, he steps in, goes, and if they they they, they get his swing going, so he's a slap hitter. He can slap it anywhere around the field he wants, get him to control his bat head, turn him into not a an Ichiro, called Ichiro light is what he'll be. Like if if the Giants if the new hitting staff could do something like that with him, get his average up, even if he doesn't take a whole of watch, they can just get his average up. So we can see something you know, I'd be okay with it because his defense is incredible. His defense is what makes his war stick out at, at somewhat of a positive every single year so far. He's got a career he's got a career war of eight. So his defense gets him more than half of that. So that's kinda interesting. But that offense in the hitting he did have it's actually funny because we say we'll sit there and we'll say it's his he's a terrible hitter. He had his hits would have been second on or third on the San Francisco Giants last year. He had hundred forty four hits last season and that would have been good for thirds behind three hits behind Joe Panic. The difference is Joe Panic is a as his on base percentage is probably fifty to seven points higher because he can actually take a pitch. If they can figure out how to get that, figure out how to get that on base percentage huh? I don't want undisciplined hitters because I haven't watched too many of those you know undisciplined hitters during the Bonds area. You know, Rich Sanders, Pedro Feliz. Benito Santiago. I mean, Sanders, you could just get him to go up the ladder. And then after that, Rowan Molina. And what I've liked about these last five, six years is you don't see many guys swinging a bad pitch. Belter, this one hitter, you don't see Pose or Crawford fishing too much. And I want to see, and I do want to see how Steven Duggar does. And I think I'd rather go Duggar than Hamilton. I just like to see how Duggar, and maybe it's just last year was so bold, I want to see some young blood in there. But I want to see Steven Duggar. I want to see what he can do. So and then, of course, there's the big free agent, you know, and if this year doesn't work out well, there's the big free agent market next year. I'll throw this out there. Rick Shue is really the only hitting coach that, oh, not only his life, but has been a, he and Bryce Harper have a really, have a great connection. And... <clears throat> You know, was with I think may have been with Harper in the minor leagues. I'll have to double check on that, and that could be an attraction if the Giants want to find someone like Bryce Harper. All right, so you ready? We got we finally got Steven Rosado here. So Steven's gonna join us. Steven Rosado, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing really good. How are you guys doing? Questions for us? I do. I have one. I have. Uh, I have one question. So the first question I have. So. 
you hear all these rumors about Billy Hamilton. You hear all these rumors about Christian Yellis, Marcelo Zuna. How about they get like an Austin Jackson type, maybe a short-term option in center field, because we know that Stephen Duggar's coming, or the, the organization, they have said so many times that they like Stephen Duggar. And everybody's, everybody else is saying, oh, just get a long-term plan in center field. What do you think, and I'll get off the line with this, what do you think about maybe a short-term option in center field, like an Austin Jackson type? I like his numbers, but at the same time, I think we need, we need, kind of, we need to fill two slots in there. Mike. So I would maybe go yeah. with Duggar and Austin Jackson. Mm-hmm. And then if Austin Jackson can put up a good year, I mean, seven home runs, not bad. Then you consider what we do with Jackson in the long term. What about you, Daniel? I, for me on this, uh, this is where I've said, this is the deal that I actually did. We did a massive, all the editors and stuff got together and we did this massive simulation. I signed Austin Jackson to a three-year deal. He's, so yeah, so was, I, I signed Austin Jackson to a three-year deal. His, for $30 million. So $10 million a year for Austin Jackson. His, his market price is a little high, but you're asking him to come in and potentially be a placeholder for a guy. You want him to perform. He may do well. Austin Jackson, for me, is the ideal guy because he's, his bat is there. You're going to get a very, very good bat center field. His defense hasn't been as good in the last years, but he's also been put, last couple of years, he's been put on teams that don't exactly have the best defensive outfielders on the corner. So he's required to do a whole lot. Where if the, you know, let's say the Giants do roll with Austin Slater. Let's say somehow they get Marcelo Zuna or someone like that. You know, you've got two very good defensive outfielders that could potentially be out there. Hunter Pence, either in left or right, if he's playing at all, it would be a very good good defensive outfielder. Did he have a bad year last year? Yeah, he's declining a bit, but he's still going to be at least average or better in whatever corner you're sticking in. So for me, you do Austin Jackson, you get three years, that puts you at the 2021 center field free agent class. Let me pull it up real quick. But this, uh, the 2021, so after, so yeah, 18, 19, 2020, that, that free agent class of 2021 center fielders is absolutely insane. Uh, Mike Trout on there, multiple other guys. Let me see if I'm, I'm doing my best to pull it up as quickly as possible. That will be trade rumors. Yes, I usually I go through a different one. Sometimes here's all the names that are going to be available. So you have Abraham Almonte from Cleveland. You have Zuri Garcia from Chicago. Okay, Jackie Bradley Jr. will be available there. Uh, Jock Peterson will be available then. Jake Marisnik will be available then. Houston, very very good center fielder. Michael Taylor will be available then. Kevin Pillar, Randall Grishuk, Mike Trout, and then they have Cespedes on there, but I don't buy. Cespedes as a center fielder when he's 35 in 2021. So Mike Trout is going to be 29. Grichik's going to be 29. Kevin Polk's going to be 31. Michael Taylor, 29. Grisnick, 29. Jock Peterson, 28. Jackie Bradley Jr., 30. Lurie Garcia is going to be 29. You have all those options there. So you have a three-year chance. You have Austin Jackson in the team for at least three years. If he's doing well, but Steven Duggar outplays him and earns a job. Okay, cool. That's great. You have Steven Duggar there as your starting center fielder who's better than Austin Jackson. Then you trade away Austin Jackson for something back. 
for a team that needs a center fielder because he can do it. The $10 million a year contract for a fourth outfielder in elite, if he's a fourth outfielder anywhere, he's going to be considered an elite fourth outfielder. So if you do a three-year contract, someone like him, who's still, he's not 31, 32, I believe. So you have Austin Jackson. How, How old, 30? 30. Yeah, so he's 30. So even at the end of that contract, he'd be 33. Hunter Pence didn't start bringing down a 34 or 35. I don't know if Austin Jackson can go that long, but he is still a very good outfielder. For me, I sit there and I say, your deal is great because, if, because you have him, at least have him for three years. Then you, at that point, if Steven Duggar has not really taken over the spot or has not is not ready to take over the spot by then, the full-time spot, then you have a plethora of legitimate center fielders that are going to be ready, that are going to hit free agency all at that time in 2021. You set yourself up for what you need and what is going to be a massive free agent year of center fielders in 2021. So the San Francisco Giants definitely do a short-term deal. You can go a two-year deal with a third-year option, something like that. You can go a three-year deal if a player wants, uh, wants more long-term. He'll take a long-term deal over more over for a couple million dollars less than like a two-year deal with an option three-year some players will take a three-year deal that's a couple million dollars less than a two-year deal has an option but is worth more money just because of the fact that they want that third year guarantee so for me an austin jackson type fits almost perfectly i know the indians have rumored to be have been rumored to be interested in it but for me Austin Jackson is the kind of guy. Gerard Dyson is another one that can do that job pretty well. I was hoping Leonis Martin would still be available for a bit, but he snapped up really quick by the Tigers. Uh, that would have been another short-term option that the Giants could have gone with. But a three-year deal for Austin Jackson gives the Giants plenty of time, gives better time to get ready. Uh, you know, you don't want to slow him down, but at the same time, you really do want him to be – you want you want him to get get up here, but you don't want to rush him to where it it hurts his development, it hurts his confidence, and hurts what he's been building on. So, it's, 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 speaking of rushing guys, I feel like that was the big issue with the Royal because everyone's all of a sudden like, yeah, Royal's not because I see all the time like trade or Royal, Royal's not going to be anything. When the Giants called up a Royal at the beginning of last year, this is when Nunez got off to an awful start. People were desperate for hitting, and I remember just cringing thinking, now's not the time to call him up and. And he had a horrible month, but it's like, you know, you called him up too early and just let him go back to the minors and, and sort things out. Unfortunately, unfortunately, things didn't work out. It got, got, hit in the, got hit twice in the hand. And the second time he got hit, by the way, the wave was going around really. Give Christian Arroyo a shot in spring training, and I think this guy could be our third base. I'm not giving up on Arroyo. In fact, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of faith in Arroyo. That was a good question, Stephen. I do think, like, that's, if you're still listening to us, of course, I do think that a short-term option in center field is probably the best for the Giants. Like, I, I love Lorenzo Cain, and he is an incredible player, and I've watched him a lot here in Kansas City. Uh, he's still not, still not just, here's the thing. You do not, while I love Lorenzo Kane. He is 31. There's a potential for him to break down at some point and not be that guy. 
in center field. He can lose luster. Denar Spain was a, that guy for a long time in Minnesota, in Washington, and then he got to the Giants, and he slowly has broken down as he got older. I would hate for the Giants to lose a second-round pick, a fifth-round pick, and then $1 million in initial, in the international trade money for a long-term free agent that could potentially break down. Now, if Renzo Kane was 28, screw it, make the deal. I don't care. Four- or five-year deal, do it. Five years, ninety million. I'd have no problem with the Giants doing that if Lorenzo Cain is twenty-eight, but he's thirty-one. So I'm not doing five years and ninety million dollars for a thirty-one-year-old center fielder who has showed some signs of slowing down in the outfield a bit. His well, metrics is sabermetrics. Uh, his peripherals, his his advanced metrics were not as good this year as they have been in the years past. Could that be a sign of slowing down? I don't know. Could that just be the way the cookie crumbled this year? Sure. But for me, I'm not giving that much up for Lorenzo Cain. Short-term center fielder has to be the option. Let's see, is there any other news? Is there any other news? much of anything. Yeah, this has been a quiet winter meeting so winter far. I mean, the Cubs so have made a bunch of deals. Alex Chatwood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chatwood, you've got a bunch of relievers that have gone at this point, but, I mean, it's not, it'd be great for the Giants to snag a reliever or two, but at the moment... Wade Davis. I would love to snag Wade Davis but don't count on a big deal like that, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I would look more for smaller guys. Not smaller guys, smaller smaller deals for very good arms. Tony Watson is a guy that's there. You know, Addison Reed is still available. Uh, Anthony Swarzak uh, was a very, very good reliever in Milwaukee the last few years. Uh, that'd be a really good move for the Giants. He's a righty, high strikeout guy, low on base percentage. He's done well. That'd be another one. Those are the kind of guys I'd target for three, four, five million dollars. Jake McGee, another one. He's a really good lefty. He's had a fantastic career in Colorado of places, and he's got fantastic numbers. Jake McGee would be an amazing field option, or not left field, but handed relief option next to Tony Watson. But still, you know, all we've got so far is a bunch of rumors, a bunch of teams have discussed, and a bunch of relievers signed, which got to be the dumbest and lamest start to the winter meetings, at least since, since I've actually cared and paid attention to. And that's, you know, speaking of the Rockies, as I, as I said, I do think the Giants will get back into contention next year, but it's not going to be like the championship years where we can just roll over the National League West. Colorado will be back in there. Arizona will be back in there. Of course, the Dodgers. My hope is the Dodgers kind of have that hangover year where they're so heartbroken from losing the World Series that they finish fourth, but don't count on that. And it's actually going to be fun. A four-team race, which I'm anticipating in the National League West next year, for all the Padres are doing, you know, going after Eric Hosmer. I'm sorry, Padres fans, or I'm sorry, Padres fans. I kid the Padres fans. I love them. And they're nicer fans. They're nice fans. Don't expect anything next year. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll discuss... Uh, we'll get make a few predictions, hard predictions of what we think the Giants will do, and then we'll end it up. All right, thanks for listening, folks.
Welcome back to the Sound of Foghorn Podcast. This is Daniel Sperry. Stephen Ruderman is with us. Nope. Let's get back to it. And Gregor Blanco. Say that again. You, the music is still high on that one. Go ahead. Oh, was it? I have got yeah. two huge predictions, Giants fans. Two huge predictions on who the Giants will sign. Nick Hundley, Gregor Blanco. Mark it down. Mark it down. Just leave it. And look, oh, boy. Actually, I'd, I'd love to see Gregor Blanco back. And call out Sky, give him a minor league deal, see what he can do with it. And if he can make the team, let him make the team. I'm in. Agreed. I'm with you on that. And that's my prediction. Uh, prediction. Of the Giants. That's your prediction. All right. Yeah. My goodness. My my favorite predictions. I think they're going to sign three people. They're going to still sit on the luxury tax because I think they're going to trade someone else. They're going to sign Todd Frazier. I think that's going to have to happen at third base. Uh, I know. Of course, I do think it's funny. For me, it was very funny the way Bobby Evans, I think it was either Bobby Evans Savion earlier this year, earlier today, said that Pablo Sandoval is their third beastman for next year. And for me, that shows that they're not sold at Christian Royal at that position yet because they want to see him back from his injury. He's likely going to start out on triple play. If he gets hot, they'll call him up. But for me, they're going to side to Han Frazier because – there's no way on earth they're going to go into spring training with the idea that Pablo Sandoval is going to be their opening day third baseman next year. They can't. They will get laughed off by the majority of the fans. If they do, then fire them all because that's the, no way. They can't say they're going to contend and then do that. That's not contending. Todd Frazier consistently above at least a 25 close to a 3.0 war every single year. His defense is always good. He is hitting. He can't hit for average, but I think part of that has been the reasons that he's been has just been just swing for the fences, man, where for the Giants, I think they'll be like, no, nah, we want you to put it in gaps. We want you to make a like, contact. That might change a little bit for him. I think they'll try and take that approach with him. But at the same time, put a mask for someone who's going to hit a lot of runs behind a lot of people that get on base very often, like a belt, like a panic, like a posy, it can work out pretty well. He, you, more often than not, he's going to run into one with those guys on base. Power projects for AT&T Park. Right-handed pull, he can black, he can hit, he can hit it very, very, very far. He's probably he's probably a more he's probably got the power of Michael Morris, but more towards pulling towards the left field. Is it left field, which is kind of where he the way he's set. So, Frazier's going to be great, in my opinion, in San Francisco. I think that would be a solid shot at third base for a few years. Three to four-year contract at the most, you're good. I think that's one. Another one, I think they go with either, I'm going to say, their center field options are going to be Gerard Dyson or Austin Jackson. Those two make the most sense. For a short term, They give them, it gives them flexibility that if they don't do well, they throw in Steven Duggar and they're not worried about a very – burdening contract. And then I think they're going to get at least one reliever. For me, my money's on Tony Watson because you're not hearing about him at all. 
everyone racing to the other guys. If I'm the San Francisco Giants, I'm like, hey, come on over here. Come on over to this corner. Look, we'll just deal with you. No one's talking to you right now. We want to do this. We want to make you a significant part of our bullpen. We're not convinced about Will Smith coming back from Tommy John yet. So we need another lefty in the pen. Ready? Come join. Sign, sign here, man. You're welcome to the club. Stays in the NL West because he, went, he got traded from the Pirates to the Dodgers, I believe. So stays in the NL West. It would be fun to pull a, pull a guy away from the Dodgers. You know, it doesn't seem like the Dodgers are going to resign him. They already let Justin, they already let Brandon Moore walk. You know, they're not in on the big guys like Wade Davis and anybody like that. They're trying to fill their pen from within or from smaller, cheaper deals, which is admirable. But at the same time, I'm the San Francisco Giants. I am doing whatever I can to coax to Watson away from any of my regional competitors because the Rockies are high on bullpen help. I believe the Diamondbacks can snag at least one back of the bullpen guy. And then you have the Dodgers as well. That's going to be a, a factor in bullpen guys. They'll get Tony Watson. No one's talking to him right now. You need a lefty. I mean, those are my three free agent predictions for the Giants. I do think they end up treating someone, whether it is a Mark Melanson, whether it is a uh, yeah, Mark Melanson, whether it is a Mark Melanson or a Jeff Samarja, I definitely think there's a good chance that the Giants shed at least one decent-sized contract, and maybe even a Denard Span as well. It helps make room for some of those deals. They do that. They have a whole lot. You know, well, the Giants say that they're going to be wary of the tax line. I think if they're $5 million over and they think they've filled up enough holes, they're going to be 100% okay with it. Because $5 million this year, whatever, that cuts into what they're projected at $88 million under the tax line for next year. That puts them $5 million less for next year. They'll pay a 50% tax on $5 million. What, $7.5 million? That's chump change for the Giants. That's chump change for the Giants. Willingly do that. If it sets them up for the long run, they lose a lot more money off their contracts next year. Help them out. It might be a good thing to look at. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I do think the Giants are going to make a few moves and at least one big trade. One big trade. And as I said in the last segment, I just feel like they rushed Christian Arroyo too much. I don't want to give up. And I think that's why they've got to get a third baseman. They're not going to – they don't want to pay for Moustaka, so they're going to go pay for Todd Frazier. The Yankees apparently have checked in on him, but – We'll see. They're also apparently trading for Manny Machado, so that's another one. Yeah, I think I think Machado's going to get dealt. I don't. I just don't think the Orioles will want to. I don't think the Orioles. I don't know how good the Orioles will be next year, and I don't think they want to wait to get the Fraser, you have a trade. I got Hunley. I got Craig Football. We'll see how this all goes, man. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. All right, so that's going to do it for us. We are going to do one more show on Thursday. Tonight's kind of thrown in very randomly. We just want to discuss the rumors, kind of test this out. We hopefully, especially maybe not through the offseason, it won't be as regular as weekly, but it should be a by the regular season we want to get this as a weekly show. Uh, we'll do at least – 30 minutes to an hour. We want to take listener calls uh, and discuss what's going on with the Giants and all of that. We'll have guests on every now and then. And then we will also be doing a separate podcast, still through the same channel, but it is going to be more 
of a interview-based podcast that's going to be pre-recorded and published and produced outside of a live setup like this. So we've got two different projects going on. Hopefully we'll bring you more of this. We'll bring one big show here at the end of the winter meetings uh, just to discuss everything on Thursday. So be paying attention on Thursday. And, you know, that that's going to do it for me for tonight. Stephen, I'll let you I'll let you close it out. All right. Thanks, Danny. We'll see you Thursday night. Uh, hopefully the Giants will sign somebody by then, and uh, hopefully we can be talking about a 2018 World Series parade. Okay, probably not, but hopefully we will. Maybe a one-in-a-million chance that we can. I hope that happens. So, Daniel, good show tonight. I thought we did well, and we'll see you Thursday night, everybody. Thank you.